Today we're going to talk about birth control. And when I first brought this up to Elisha, it was one of those topics where he looked at me and was like, not saying anything. <laughs> because this is a really big topic and it's something that we have wrestled with and gone to the scripture to look for. And I feel like we get asked about this a lot because we came from really big families. We've had a lot of kiddos right off the bat and people want to know, the people want to know <laughs> where are we getting, where are we getting this belief structure or what is our belief structure surrounding birth control? So excited to dive into that today and have this conversation with you guys. Hey. I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. You know what's funny, Katie? What? Is that I would not have been willing to dive into this topic probably only a few months ago. Um, and it's, but it, just the way that you brought up talking about birth control led to me wanting to do some more research and go to my Bible and see what it, what it has to say about the topic. And I'm actually more excited than I would have ever thought to be talking about this subject. But at the same time, I think I'm, this is, it's so, there's no way I can like almost take myself seriously on this topic either, which I think you'll see why here in a little bit. Wow. Well, I'm interested to see what you have to say about it. This is one of those things that is actually really controversial in the Christian community, I feel like. And it's something that I'm excited to talk about because it has been something that Elisha and I have gone to God's word for. I think ultimately going to God's word is what Elisha and I always want to do. And we don't want to base any kind of belief system or structure off of just what feels good or what makes the most sense to us or what we feel like we can handle or what we can't handle in the moment. We really want this part of our lives to be surrendered to the Lord, just like every other aspect of our lives. And so I really appreciate that you've been willing to go to look at the scripture on this. And I have been, and I want you guys to know that regardless of where your conviction is on this, before we dive in, Elisha and I are young and we are a hundred percent open to the Lord convicting our hearts one way or another as the years go by. Like this isn't a closed door checked box for us where we're like, oh, we have our, you know, our, our birth control doctrine, just like, you know, I don't know what you would say to that, Elisha, but yeah, I totally agree. Cause we're as, really humble in this area, I guess. Yeah. It's like, we do believe what we believe and we have Bible verses. We've spent time in prayer to come to the, and we use those and we've used those things to come to the conclusion that we've come to, but we also understand where we're at in life. 
And if we're honest, we also know how many, how we have kind of shifted our view numerous times, um, based off of circumstances, which is like, you know, what kind of conviction is changed based off of circumstances? I don't think that's really true. You joke like that, but it's not true. Yeah, you're right. Overall, I'm joking, but I think that as, as you'll hear, our, our, our convictions on this have evolved over, over the last few years, I would say. Yeah, I think, so when I got married, I'm one of, I'm the oldest of 11 kids. Elisha is the fourth born of 10 children. And I didn't know what my conviction was around birth control at all, actually. I knew that my parents didn't use birth control as in a contraceptive pill or something like that. I never really talked to my parents that much about it, but I knew that they believed children were a blessing. That was something they were just really upfront about. And I thought that that meant okay, you just go into marriage and you just start having kids and however many kids you have is however many kids you have. And and that's just how I went into marriage. Yeah, and really my perspective as a child and then as a young adult was very similar because I was one of 10 children and birth control, it wasn't talked, like I don't know, well, I, I didn't know I should say at the time what my parents' conviction was regarding birth control. I know that they, like you said, they weren't taking any, any, um, any pills. They weren't taking anything for contraceptives in that way, but as to their like natural family planning and things of that nature, I don't really know what their convictions were at that time. I think that their convictions changed over time. All I know is that birth control was like always talked about in our family context. as kind of like a joke because you know, we were, we we had 10 kids. And so whenever people brought it up, they were saying it kind of like in a jest and asking my parents if they had ever heard of it and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And so that was definitely seen as something negative growing up. The whole term birth control, even the term control denoting that we have control over what happens when it comes to childbirth because or uh, conception. Mm-hmm. Because when you think of it, really our wombs as women are the Lord's already. You know, when you hear this term, well, I'm giving my womb to the Lord. Well, our bodies as believers are already the Lord's, every aspect of them. And we see in scripture, you know, with Hannah and Samuel, or, I mean, there are numerous stories where you just cannot have a baby if the Lord doesn't want you to have a baby. Yeah. And likewise, there are so many stories out there where people will have a surgery done and they still get pregnant. Right. Like if the Lord wants you to have a child, you can have a child. So ultimately the Lord does control that. And I don't ever want to have this perspective of I am controlling this aspect of my life. Mm. I know that's something that I do want to have an open hand towards and Elisha and I will always accept with joy any child that the Lord places in our life and in my body. And I think that is why I do like that term family planning better. Mm. You might be like, oh, that's just splitting hairs. But you think of it, I uh, think of that verse, Proverbs 16, 9, It says, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, at best, how we can have open hands before the Lord in this matter. I don't think it's wrong to plan, 
but also just having open hands for whatever he has in store. Yeah, I feel like that has to be one of the like established convictions or just uh, thoughts that you have coming to this subject. And that that is that our bodies are, if you're a Christian, then you've been purchased by, by God. Not just your soul for eternity, but your bodies have been bought at a great price. And they're no longer yours. They belong to God. Furthermore, it's like our bodies, if you're a Christian, it's either they belong to God well, well, no, they always belong to God if you're a Christian. And then the other person they like belong to is like your spouse, you know, like mm-hmm. those are the people if you're married. And so it's like you belong to God, your body belongs to God and it's his, he's, he's the boss of your body. And then the only other time we're told that somebody has authority over your body is when it's your spouse. And it says, you know, the wife has authority over the husband's body and the husband has authority over the, the wife's body. Which, if you've never read that verse, that can seem a little shocking in the 21st century. Uh, but I, I'll link it in the show notes, because I do think that's... Yeah, it's not verse. like a scary verse. No, no in a good, healthy, Christian, mutual, <laughs> mutually loving relationship, that's a beautiful thing. But, okay, I think it's funny. We're filming this podcast, and I just look like a giant tomato, because I'm 38 weeks pregnant, and so you guys might be like, no wonder you're talking about birth control. Not only are we 30 <laughs> weeks or sorry, 38 weeks pregnant with our fourth born. Yeah. Our oldest child of our four is just turning four tomorrow. It's yeah. like we've really cranked these kiddos out over the last few years. <laughs> so I think people are surprised that we have employed any... Uh, family planning, birth yeah. control, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we have. So yep. basically, do you kind of want to tell like our story a sure. little bit, I guess, just where yeah. we're coming from? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that prior to marriage, I thought I was very clear on what my convictions were regarding birth control, which is pretty like comical just saying that like as a single man, you know, having strong convictions about birth control. I'm not saying it's comical, but it is just kind of funny to think that as a single person, I had what I thought were strong convictions. And to me, it was like, okay, you just, if God wants you to get pregnant, he'll let you get pregnant. If he doesn't want you to get pregnant, then you won't get pregnant. So why would you ever do anything that's prevent this preventing, you know, why would you ever do anything to, you know, mess with God's plan? Um, and then of course we got married and we got pregnant on our honeymoon, which we were stoked about because we had even talked, we didn't, we didn't have this, um, I guess, deep conviction that it was wrong even when we first got married to prevent, because we had talked about waiting for a year to get pregnant, didn't we? Yeah, we definitely talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it for like a minute, and then we decided to get pregnant. No, <laughs> no, I think it was one <laughs> of those we things. I didn't know how to wait. It seemed like it seemed like most of our friends did that. Like just a lot of people do that all the time. Obviously, people do that more often than they don't. And so, I just thought that like when you're a young Christian newly wed you like wait a year and you travel to Europe or something and then you get pregnant after that it just seems like that's what people do and so I thought that's what we were supposed to do but then a few days into our honeymoon we were both like what like what the heck like it would be that would be so cool if we got pregnant yeah we both wanted to start a family we didn't know that it would happen so quick that's right uh but we were both like okay let's go for it we didn't really have big plans either way yeah we just thought it'd be awesome to get pregnant. Yeah. And it was, it was super it was. awesome. Yeah. So I'd be, that's right. I'm telling you my convictions, huh? Kind of my story. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, our story, I guess. Our story. Well, this is my side of our story. Okay. Okay. Uh, and so we got pregnant with our first on our honeymoon. And then it was just, I guess, three months after we had Leon that we got pregnant with Lucy. 
because they're they're less than 13 months apart they're yeah so it's just over three months yeah 10, 11 12 yeah yes and uh that kind of blew our mind a little bit that we are capable of getting pregnant that quickly again yes because we, we had were heard... super excited we knew we wanted oh, we our kiddos to yes. be close we didn't have any plans or ideals for a long break and I felt really ready and excited. So we were just like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yes, because we, I think we were pumped. We also assumed it was just, we. I just thought it was going to be a bigger break because of the whole you're nursing, like your body. I just, that just seems like that happens a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it, it felt like a long time. Wow. In between pregnancies. I remember that with Lucy feeling like so, so ready. That's awesome. Uh, and boy, are we grateful that we have these two that close. You know, they're, they're awesome. Oh, yeah. And then what's crazy is that after we had Lucy... It was less than three months that yeah I did not feel pregnant I I did not feel pregnant I did not feel ready at this point I felt like my body still was not ready to carry a baby it was the first time I like cried when I saw the positive pregnancy Mm -hmm. test because I was a little stressed out about it at this point and we ended up miscarrying that baby so my body wasn't ready to carry a baby we lost it probably only about a week after we found out yeah so it wasn't a very long traumatic miscarriage but it was something where i was like wow this is crazy like i got pregnant again so quick and and yet my body wasn't ready to carry a baby full term either so right that was kind of trippy it was it was kind of trippy uh but but you would say too you know even though it was a little bit daunting when you saw the positive pregnancy test even though we only knew for about a week, we had fully embraced the idea of a third child very quickly. Oh, like, I yeah. think, I it think you cried a little bit when we lost the baby. Cause but, but at yes, that point yes. I got in my mind wrapped around the concept of, Oh, we're going to have three and they're going to yes. be so close. And I was super excited. Uh, it didn't take long to get excited. Yes, there was, yeah, we were, we were pretty, yeah, it was emotional for sure. It was, it was, it was very hard. It was, it was a tragic tragedy when we lost that one. Um, and then it was, what only a couple months later that yeah, not we got, very long because i mean louis only what 19 months i think they're 17 17 months younger than lucy and so it was only yeah a, couple, a few months later i don't know i need to do my math on that that we had louis and so we had three and our oldest had just turned and we had three uh gosh we probably should have written this down <laughs> before we started this why we had is three, this there were two one and zero and then we, yes. for a long time. Yes, exactly. They were two, one, and then newborn. Yeah, and newborn. Yes. And then we have had, for the last year almost, a three-year-old, a two-year-old. And a one-year-old. And a one-year-old. Yes, and here we are due at any moment with our fourth. Well, so after Louis is where we really started to look into, okay, what are our convictions Yes. about? Well, it was while I was pregnant with him. We were like, what are our convictions with this? Because I didn't want to have another miscarriage right after Lewis. And I had three little kids and we were like, what do we think? We're getting pregnant faster than anyone we know. Yes. And I'm, I had my first at 22 and we're like at this rate, yeah. Are we the next Duggar family? Yeah. <laughs> like that was very daunting. Yeah. And at the same time, there are people at our church who I was seeing their bodies kind of fall apart where the mom wasn't able to care for the kids because she was just so like her hips were just like totally out or her pelvic floor was falling in. 
And I was like, this stuff is so scary. Like mm. what, what does God's word say about this? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that we came to the scripture looking for scripture to validate what we oh. wanted to do. But I wanted to know that, hey, if this is what I'm called to, then I'd better be called to it. Yeah. Like if I'm called to just have kids back to back to back to back, then I need to have this confidence that that's what the Lord wants me to do. Or we need to figure out what are we doing otherwise? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what I was referencing when I said circumstances are kind of what established our convictions. And there's an element of truth in that in the sense that we couldn't help but have more or less like a desired outcome. I think when we went to the, to the scripture, um, at this point in, in our child bearing and, yeah. and uh, our child rearing as it were, is that what it's called? Well, both. I both? think you bear the child, then you rear it. Is that how the order? Yeah. That's the order. Um, so we were doing both at that point in our marriage and, uh, I was, it's funny cause at first I was really reluctant to go to the word. I was a little bit scared to see what it had to say because I just knew with my conviction of God's word and knowing that I was a blood-bought child of God and that he was the one that, you know, he gets to call the shots. I was like, well, dang, like I, cause, and I also knew that people had such strong convictions on it. So I was like, well, there must be some pretty explicit Bible verses here that I'm going to have to, you know, I guess go over and come to my own conclusion on them. And so I was kind of, like I said, reluctant going to God's word. Cause I, I kind of liked, I was like the whole ignorance was bliss thing. I was like, well, maybe, you know, I don't know if maybe the Bible's not that clear. Let's just not go look at it and try to start slowing things down here. But we went to it anyways. Well, we didn't quite know how to slow things down. So we had to go to the Bible first. <laughs> the Bible didn't even tell us how to slow things down. Yeah. Then we had to do our own research. So I went to my mom. She was probably the first place I went to. And I was like, did you and daddy ever take a break yeah or like did you guys have convictions about this and she was like oh yeah we we took two different breaks i guess she said and i was like when were they were they like two weeks long because yeah. <laughs> i think all of us are like 18 months apart but i don't know i didn't i didn't feel pressured into anything at all by my parents either they never i guess they never gave me this expectation that i needed to have as many kids as i could possibly have Yes. And I think that that's important too. This was uh, like, just so you guys know, like where I was coming from, I never felt like I was told this is a holy or righteous thing to do. Right. And I didn't ever feel like my, my parents had kids out of this like sacrificial, I'm bearing the cross. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like they loved us. They loved kids. And that's why they had kids. Yes. And that's what they told everyone. That's how I felt as their child. That's the case. And I think that that's, that contributed to me actually wanting a big family Hmm. because I saw that joy in my parents and how much they loved us and how we became such close friends to them and how we were a true joy to them. Yes. And that's the exact same experience I had growing up with my parents is never once as a child did I see me being a part of a big family because my parents were taking up their cross and undergoing this martyrdom 
life of being a servant to God and doing what nobody else in the world's willing to, they willing to do. They just loved kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, we love, we love yes. children. The Bible is explicit about them being a blessing and they wanted, they wanted many blessings. They're like, we're the type of people that like more blessings rather than less. And so they, <laughs> they you know, some of those type of people and they, uh, and so they had many children and that's the, how they spoke about us. That's how they spoke to us. And so it was an extremely positive experience growing up in a big family. And when we, Katie and I, it's so funny because I didn't know a lot of my dad's convictions until Katie and I started having children so quickly because he like came to me after our third (laughs) and he's, cause it kind of blew his mind that we were able to get as pregnant as fast as we could. When Elisha called Joe after our first, when we got pregnant with Lucy, 13 months or a few months after Leon was born, Joe was like, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, come to find out that my parents, you know, just the way my body, my, my body, my mother's body worked, they didn't really have to space that many times. It's just that she wasn't able to get pregnant until about me and my siblings are all about two to two and a half years apart. And that's just when they wanted to have more, more kiddos. And so is that, is I that right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't speak for your parents. No, that's what I my dad that's told what, me. That, that That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm no. like, if your parents watch this, well, no. Joe and Lisa, what? I don't think, I don't think you'll watch this, but my dad called me and told, yes, told me these told things. You. Regardless, he, that's what he was telling you. Yeah. He's like, Hey, just, I don't want, I want to make sure you don't have any like unnecessary pressure, you know, from me or mom or think that we've got some conviction that you need to carry on. And he wasn't trying to tell me what my conviction should be. You know, if, if, if I was going to be convicted about having many children, I think he would have been all for supporting that, but he wanted to make sure that I was aware of my, their convictions. He's like, just so you know, like this is the way it worked for us. Yeah. So basically when we went to our parents, both of them were like, I hope you guys don't feel any pressure from us. Like go, go decide what God's word is saying about kids. That's right. So we did. And Uh, do you want to start? Do I want to start? You start. I'll start. Uh, I, again, I know that there's probably so many, maybe not so many, actually, I don't even know that this is the case, but when I went to some more of some of the pastors or, you know, Christian leaders who I knew were big time advocates of large families, um, maybe even frowned upon any form of, uh, you know, family planning, definitely, you know, frowned against any type of, you know, contraceptives. When I went to kind of see what they had to say, I I was actually a little bit blown away with the lack of biblical backing that, that they had. I went to them first thinking like, okay, these are the guys that, and I, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of these people. Like I, I'll read a lot of what they say on, on many topics. And so I went to them, not trying to find out what they were saying that, that was wrong. I went to them very like ready to learn. And I was really surprised by their lack of like biblical references to support such dogmatic stances on family planning or on, you know, considering family planning to be, you know, some is saying, even strongly saying that it's sinful. Um, and, and namely, you know, the Bible verses that they're referencing, of course, are in Genesis when God tells Adam and Eve, commands them to, you know, you know, be fruitful and multiply and, and go, you know, fill the earth. And he, he tells that to him a couple times. Then of course he tells Noah the same thing, be fruitful and multiply. Um, and you know, even when you look at the context of how he's telling them, you're like, well, yeah, like there's literally nobody else on the world now 
he's like that is a direct command for a specific season it's like they better be fruitful and multiply or just you know we're not nobody's ever going to exist ever again um (laughs) and so i feel like even using those is like and saying that that command goes to every person then not to say you know like how many people that are not able to have children that be fruitful and multiply really can be fruitful and multiply in so many areas you know he's speaking specifically to them in regards to children but there are so many people that aren't able to be you know to multiply in that way in a, in a natural way like that but they can totally be th- fruitful you know in other areas of their life or through adoption and so to say that it's sinful to not do all that you can all of the time to multiply I don't think you can get that from from those references mm-hmm. would you agree yeah no I would agree <laughs> so that's the that's like the main passage uh, one of the main passages that people will use to say that family planning of any kind is wrong and then another one is just that bizarre story in Genesis what is that <laughs> in like Genesis telling me this tonight that it uh, it blew my mind Genesis 38 like really if you read Genesis it's almost all of Genesis 38 but specifically Genesis 38 um I think verses like 6 through 28 or something that is the crazy story where it's like almost sound it's like I don't even like talking about it you know because it's I don't like, think you need to tell the whole story. <laughs> you guys go, can go it's read about your Bible. where I think his name's Anon or Anon. Anon, I think mm-hmm. he he's you know supposed to marry his brother's wife. It's a part of the law, you know, and that's the the law explaining all this is Deuteronomy. I'll reference all of these because I think that's Deuteronomy. What is that? I wrote that down. Deuteronomy twenty five five through ten kind of explains the whole law of why the second oldest brother is supposed to take on the the widowed wife of his brother but anyways he doesn't want to get her pregnant and so every time he you know he doesn't want to get her pregnant because he gets the inheritance yeah if she doesn't have a son instead of her if she doesn't have a son so why would he be motivated to give her a son basically but he also doesn't want to straight up say i don't want you as a wife because if he did that that then he was going to be shamed by the jewish people and be like have basically be cursed um, for not taking up his responsibility. So he tried to kind of get the best of everything by, ha- you know, keeping a good name, saving face, but then not having to get his sister-in-law pregnant, um, who is now his wife. And just, that's so weird. I don't know. We hope we have Man. no clue. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, we really have and no so clue. basically he spilled it. He, he, whatever pulled out, you know, like, I don't know how to like not make this well, I think we've all Awkward. heard the like, oh, it's, he spilled his seed, seed on, on the, the ground, ground. Yes. like this reference. And so people will use that as an argument to, if you use well, the pullout method, then you're going against something that like God doesn't want you to do that because God ended up killing this. Yeah. Guy. He killed, uh, is his name Anon? How do you say his name? Yeah. Or Onan or something. Onan. We'll put Anyways, the so God killed him and people will say, oh, it's because you, he spilled his seed on the ground and that's why God killed him. But there's like numerous reasons as to why this guy was kind of being sinful. And that was just a part of the whole, the whole It was conspiracy. a part of an old law and that we are not under today. <laughs> yes. Elisha's not required to marry his sister-in-law if his older brother dies. Yes. You cannot make me. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> your sister-in-law probably wouldn't want that either. No. So... Anyways, all this to say, Elisha came to me and he was like, these are like the two references everyone's referencing. Yeah. When it comes to 
it being against God's will to do any form of family planning. That's right. And this is not, you know, I'm not even referencing at all anything regarding contraceptives or taking pills because uh, to me, there is a very definitive um, line between what you might call natural family planning and then, you know, using natural methods, I would say, versus, you know, taking pills that sometimes are, are even abortive in nature. Well, I think that's the thing. I think a lot of Christians don't actually do research on this because something's just suggested by a doctor and you're mm. like, okay, this is like medication. Um, but most birth control methods are abort efficients. If the first line of defense doesn't work, mm -hmm. then they will abort the fertilized baby. Mm -hmm. And so believe that life starts at conception, that this actually does become an issue. Mm -hmm. And that's what Elisha and I realized once we felt like, okay, it is not a sin to try to space out your kiddos and give my body a break, give our marriage a break, um, focus on the kids we have now. But then we were kind of like, okay, well, we do have a conviction about these things because we believe life starts when an egg becomes fertilized. Yes, that's right. I mean, th there's two things that we can be very confident in. That's that life starts at conception mm -hmm. and that a termination of that life is, is murder. It is, it's killing, it's killing a human life. And second to that, we know that children are a blessing. Mm -hmm. And so those are two things that Katie and I were approaching this subject, knowing that the Bible's, if you want clarity, the Bible's explicit on those issues and so just having that foundation i think is good going into how you want to maybe or maybe not naturally start family planning yeah and i think that honestly this whole children is a blessing issue is something that i actually feel the most strongly about because i feel like god's having god's view of children is what should separate us as christians from the world because the world has this very negative view of children, saying that they're a distraction, they're a burden, they're an inconvenience, they're expensive. They invade my life and what I want and my time. And it's a very selfish, self-centered perspective where that is not at all the perspective that God gives on children. And I think we can have 12 children and still not see them the way that the Lord sees them hmm. and be sinful in our hearts towards our kids and view them as this burden or hmm. this cross that we have to carry. And I think it's really sad when I see Christian moms and unsaved women laughing at the same memes, the same jokes, making the same complaints, the same poor me attitude. God had so many verses. This is just like a sampling of how God views children. And if he chooses to give them to us, what an incredible blessing that is. And we see that with, if you've ever struggled with infertility, that woman and that couple knows what a blessing these kids can be. And I think we have to trust God with our wombs both ways, whether or not he chooses to give us kids or if you know they're coming in faster than you feel like you can handle them or, but I love these verses right here. Um, 
Psalm 113.9, he gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. I love this one, Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb a reward. These kids are a gift, regardless of what time they come, regardless of maybe we're stressed that we got pregnant sooner than we thought we would. It's a reward. It's yeah. a blessing. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of verses, like countless verses, just declaring that children are a blessing, but then there are even more, like maybe five times as many verses, just when it's explaining, you know, it's going through a lineage and it says, and God blessed them with a child and God blessed them with a child and God opened their womb and God blessed them this way with a child. It's always talked about as, as a children coming are just a blessing. That's, they are a blessing from God. Always Deuteronomy seven fourteen. you shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male or female barren among you or your livestock. So the cows and the ladies, everyone will be pregnant. Uh, in Job 5.25, you shall know also that your offspring shall be many and your descendants is the grass of the earth. There are so, so many, so many verses. And that's just like a sampling. But God always sees children as a blessing. And I feel like that should always be our heart. We should always have open hands towards when he decides to give us those blessings. Yes. Because regardless of what you do, there's a chance that you're going to get pregnant. Yes. And so what is our attitude towards that right. baby coming into our home? Yeah. And I mean, as we've already alluded to, you know, we do, we've done, we've implemented family planning. That might be hard to believe, but, but we, it seems like a really long yeah. break between last time and this time. To us, it seems like I that. I think the kids yeah. will be 22 months apart. And I tell you what, this time we do feel the need to make it longer if we can. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to, you know, implement. It's been hard on my body. Yes. And, and. And all that, so we're going to do what we can as we feel is with a clear conscience prevent, you know, and preventing the pregnancy. Um, and that's the other thing too, you know, that people will say sex is for procreation and pleasure and that both those things have to be the goal every time. And again, you're reading, I think you're reading into what the Bible says with all of those things. The Bible makes it clear that sex is for pleasure and it also makes it clear that it's for procreation. But it does not say that every time you engage in, in sexual relations with your spouse, that it should be for the goal of, of procreation and pleasure. Um, and so that's just another topic. I don't know if you're going to talk about that. Well, I wasn't, all. but I think that that's Yeah, that's true. just another way in, in how I think some of these leaders that I was reading viewed sex in general. Yeah, no, I and think so, where Elisha and I are at right now, we'd like a little less procreation and a little more pleasure. <laughs> well, no, I find great pleasure in our, <laughs> in our it's relationship. It's gotten a little awkward if we're being honest. No, it's been great. I'm uh, a happy man, a uh, very blessed man. You are. You're very blessed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, yeah. So that said, I know I'm going to get a ton of questions on specifically what do we do because we did actually get pregnant with this little precious baby at a time when we were hoping to get pregnant. Yeah. And I just, I felt so ready again. I felt so excited mm -hmm. and we went for it. And so what's worked for us 
I'll just tell you guys, is a diaphragm. You could look it up. It's a diaphragm. And we also use a spermicide on the diaphragm called contragel. It's like this organic spermicide. So anyways, that's something that we have found has worked best for us, either a combination of doing that or um, the pull-out method. Elisha hasn't died yet, so <laughs> we think it's uh, pretty approved. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we, I think we tried condoms twice. Yeah. That I didn't know if you were going to bring that up. <laughs> That did not go well. <laughs> no, we got yeah, enough. I shouldn't fight. have brought that it was up. Very You're right. Unromantic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We won't fill you guys in on the details of that, but it's a, but it is a funny story. Yes, that we get to keep. Us. The two Unfortunately, of us sometimes I'm like, oh man, this is just so funny, but you just got to keep it to yourself. Uh, I, well, I had another thing I was going to say and I forgot, but oh well. Um, We've gone downhill, you guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, I do hope that this is helpful and challenging yeah. because our goal is that if you're scared of having another baby right now or maybe you're pregnant and you didn't feel like you were ready for it or regardless we really want to encourage you to see this baby as a blessing and a reward and a joy because that's truly what children are hmm. and if you feel like you're struggling under the burden of feeling like you were taught growing up that you must have as many kids as your body is able to produce, then I would just encourage you to seek the scripture on that and not take someone else's word for it and or feel that pressure because I love taking joy in my children. Yes. And I love looking at our family and being like, wow, what a delight, what a privilege to be their mother. And I see a lot of moms that I feel like are very burdened by this I have to bear these children and I have to raise these children and there's no delight or joy in it hmm. or freedom. And I just don't think that's a place that Christ is calling us to as parents either. Hmm. I think yeah. raising children should be a delight. Yeah. And kind of on, on the flip side of that, I would say if, if your heart or your mindset has been that children are a hindrance, you should wait as long as possible and have as few as possible when it fits best in you know in your mind and your to your schedule. Um, that again, I would I would challenge you to go to God's Word and see what He says about children, to see what He says about who's who actually is the boss of our bodies, to see what His hierarchy of how what God's value system is. You know where children are at in God's value system versus you know maybe where our career or our you know convenience. Fine or our, you know, financial stability or our comfort, you know, where those things are at on his priority list, um, that you would go to that. Because again, just if our, I really do believe as Christians, our attitude towards children should be that of, boy, those children are a, a stinking blessing. Whether you're planning on having them in two years or four years or tomorrow, whenever it is, children, you, you view them as a blessing. Yeah, that's definitely our heart. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's not like, oh, we've got this all figured out. You know, we want to have open hands and open hearts to the, and soft hearts, I guess, to the Lord changing that or someone coming into our lives and challenging us on wh what we currently believe. Um, but but that's where we're at right now. That's our, that's our journey. Yeah, that's, again, and I think that Katie and I both 
really find ourselves in this place where we, the last thing we want to do is become legalistic in, in anything. Um, because we know that it's Christ's righteousness alone that gives us any right standing before God. On the flip side, we know that as blood-bought children of God, he has called us to very to be different from the world in so many ways and to be ambassadors for him and to be obedient to him since since we are safe, since we are his children. And so we don't want to be flippant on, on either side. You know, we don't want to be flippant and say, well, this is the right thing to do. And so we're going to legalistically hold to it and feel better about ourselves for doing this and think that we've got a better standing before God. You know, the best standing you can have before God is what Christian, all Christians have. And that's the blood of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. But again, I will say it, you know, I, I keep saying this, but on the flip side, as blood-bought children of Christ, it, we're called to a different standard. We're called to follow the Holy Spirit, to obey God's word in so many ways. And so um, to not, you know, to not to not for, throw out God's word and say, hey, we're saved by grace, but to also not say, well, now we're going to do better as Christians or be better Christians because we're doing this thing. Yeah, not to feel like any action we do is what makes us righteous mm-hmm. before God. Mm-hmm. That's right. So anyways, uh I don't know. I feel like I could probably go back and totally redo this podcast yeah. and say it better. But hopefully we'll get better at articulating this. I do think that because kids are a blessing, the more that you can have, uh, the better. Yeah. And in, again. In my mind. So we, we, we do want to have a big family. We do want to be stretched and grown. And having kids right off the bat has been such a beautiful experience for us yeah. as we've because I mean, we were so broke when we had our first yep. and, and we, you can't really anticipate what the future holds nine yeah. months from when you do get pregnant. So even if you think now's the perfect time, hmm. you really don't know what's in the future. So it's such a blessing to know that God holds the future. Yes. And cause regardless of how well we plan, it's really all in the Lord's hands. That's right. Yeah. And if, you know, if the result of this podcast is Katie and I sounding like a bunch of dorks, you know, or not a bunch, ideally just two, maybe ideally we sound like two. <laughs> two dorks, um, you know, floundering through this topic, but it drives you to study it for yourself and to see what the scripture has to say and to consider your convictions and your beliefs on it, then we'd count that as a win. Hopefully we didn't sound like total dorks. I think you sounded great, Katie. I love the way you sound all the time. Um, but I think, I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, just we want to encourage you to seek it out for yourself. That's That's really it. So with that, we will sign off. Bye. See you guys. Bye.